Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, returning to you one last time in the year of 2022 to bring you some last-minute chills. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. This will be the final episode of 2022 as we welcome the new year in. New Year's Eve is this coming Saturday. And I wanted to go ahead and get an episode in right quick to share a couple of more scary stories before we ring in the new year. And hopefully these stories will help you ring it in. But first, I want to invite you, as usual, to my website, myhaunteddolls.com, where you can shop, 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 and get some uh, autographed copies of my books that I've written. I've got uh, nonfiction books about the haunted items that I've collected over the years. I have some supernatural novels that I've written and some scary stories. So be sure to go out there and check those out. There's even an inspirational book or two out there if you're looking for that. So go to myhaunteddolls.com today and purchase your autographed copy today. While you're at it, follow the link on YouTube, uh, the link to YouTube from my links page, My Haunted Dolls on YouTube, where all of my videos are that feature the Haunted items, the EVPs and evidence that I've captured on video. Uh, There's some story videos, and there's even some past live shows and live streams out there. Speaking of live, if you've been tuning in on Tuesday night when I joined Abnormal Alabama, uh, they are no longer doing their live stream. They've decided to focus on other things, so unfortunately the Tuesday night show won't be coming on anymore. But, please... Like and subscribe to My Haunted Dolls on YouTube because I'm going to keep doing my own thing with the videos and some live streams coming very soon. And now let's get to our creepy stories for this episode. This first one is based on a legend in Japan, a story that's been shared for a while during the modern decades. And now I'm going to share it with you. It's called Piggyback. There was a married couple who had one young son. Even before their son was born, the couple's marriage was on shaky ground. As the years went by, the mother and father fought all the time. Their arguments became more frequent, and they talked about getting a divorce. In the end, they stayed together for the sake of their son, But the arguments continued, and the fights became more and more violent. By the time their son was five years old, the couple had grown to hate each other. One night, after they had put the boy to bed, the mother and father got into an enormous argument. The father flew into an insane rage 
and murdered his wife. When he came to his senses and realized what he had done, he set about disposing of the body. He dragged his wife's corpse into the garage and put her in the trunk of his car. Then he drove out to the mountains. Under cover of darkness, he slung her dead body over his shoulders and carried her out to a marshy swamp nearby. He dragged her out into the foul-smelling muck and watched as her corpse sank into the murky depths. As dawn was beginning to break, he returned home to clean up and take a shower. No matter how much he scrubbed and scrubbed, he could not seem to get rid of the sickening smell of the swamp. He slept for a few hours, and when he awoke, he started to think about what he would do if his son asked where his mother was. He decided to tell the boy that his wife had gone to stay with her sister for a while. However, when his young son got up for breakfast, he never mentioned his mother at all. He just stared at his father and said nothing. The man could still smell the odor of the muck from the swamp where he had buried his wife. He took an air freshener and began spraying it around the house, hoping to mask the unpleasant smell. It made him feel sick. A few hours passed, and the little boy was watching TV in the living room. The father began to get an uneasy feeling in the pit of his stomach. Every time he went into the living room, he noticed that his son was staring at him with a curious look on his face. It made the father feel nervous and paranoid. His mind was racing. Perhaps the boy knew what had happened, he thought. Maybe the boy had overheard him murdering his mother. If his son knew what he had done, perhaps he would have to kill him as well. Is there something you want to ask me? he said to the boy. The boy had an expression on his face as if thinking for a few seconds, and then replied, Yeah. Is it about your mother? asked the father. Yeah, said the boy. I suppose you're wondering where your mother is, said the father. No said the boy. I'm wondering why Mommy's face is so pale and why you've been giving her a piggyback all day.
So apparently this kid has been seeing the ghost of his mother riding his father's back the whole day. That's where that smell was coming from. <laughs> I thought maybe he needed to use some air at extra dry. <laughs> okay, so what have we got for the next story? This next story might just be a little more gruesome, a little more ghostly. It's about a girl who hates birthdays. In particular, her 14th birthday. Why, you ask? Well, let's find out, shall we, as I share with you the story, Family Gathering. I have always hated family gatherings. I hate my birthday most of all. Year in, year out, it's always the same. Everybody goes through the motions. Everyone plays their part. My mom bustles about the kitchen preparing food and greeting the guests with a fake smile plastered across her face. My dad always drinks way too much and staggers around laughing out loud and slapping people on the back too hard. My grandmother smothers me with kisses and I shudder with disgust as I feel her hairy chin brush against my cheek. My uncle bombards me with questions asking if I have a boyfriend yet and if not, why not? My aunt tells me all about her daughter and how well and perfect she is and how she is doing at school. She's always taking pains to mention me to me how smart that girl is and how she is so much smarter than me. My little cousins race around the house like cockroaches, stomping on the floor, jumping on the stairs, squealing and yelling at the top of their lungs. They climb over furniture and crawl under the tables, pulling and tugging at everything in sight. Nothing goes untouched by their grubby little hands. Around and around they go, like rats on a wheel. I honestly can't believe I'm related to these people. But I have to hold my tongue. I don't want them to resent me more than they already do. The table is lined with soggy sandwiches and stale chips. Bottles of wine are followed by bottles of whiskey and vodka. They all sit around the living room, gulping down their drinks, swapping stories about the good old times, and boasting about themselves. I cringe as I listen to them laughing and cackling like a bunch of hyenas. It's enough to drive anyone insane. 
I get up and leave the room, desperate to clear my head. I know that in his jacket pocket, my uncle has a packet of cigarettes and a lighter. Surely he won't miss one. I think. I can hear all the adults in the living room singing a song, so I go to the kitchen to sneak a quick smoke. Surely nobody will notice. There's a strange smell in the air that makes me wrinkle up my nose, but I don't pay attention to it. My little cousins are already in the kitchen up to mischief, as usual. They give me a startled look when I come in, as if they've done something naughty and they're afraid I will catch them. I put the cigarette between my lips and head over towards the window. I flick the cigarette lighter and suddenly a jet of flame shoots across the room to the old gas stove. There's a deafening explosion and the room erupts in flames. The whole house is on fire. I hear the screams and the cries. I smell the burning flesh. I feel the intense heat as we are all consumed in the inferno. And I close my eyes and sigh with relief as it all dissolves into silence. Until next year, when I will be 14 again, over and over again, forever 14. By Jove, I think we've got just enough time for one more story. So why don't we go ahead and just do one more. And what we'll do is just stick in the vein of the ghostly legends. Because I've got another one from Japan. This one who... Or which tells us the story about two friends who are very interested in urban legends and ghost stories. It's called Phone Booth. There were two young boys named Kenzo and Tesua who both shared a keen interest in the paranormal. Whenever they met, they would always have a new scary ghost story or spooky urban legend to share with each other. One day, Tasua was browsing on the internet when he came across a website that had a lot of Japanese urban legends. He read a story about a certain suspension bridge that was located close to his home. The website had plenty of pictures of the bridge 
and the surrounding area. As he read the legend associated with the bridge, Tasua knew his friend would be interested. So the next time he met Kenzo, he told him about the bridge. It was an old suspension bridge that crossed over a deep gorge. For some inexplicable reason, it was known as a spot that was notorious for suicides. Every year, at least 20 or 30 people would throw themselves off the bridge and plunge to their deaths. Nobody could explain why. They said that the spot was haunted by the ghosts of all the people who had committed suicide there. When Kenzo went home that evening, he decided that he had to check out the bridge. He desperately wanted to see a ghost. So, that very night, he set out for the mountains where the bridge was located. It took him about a half an hour to get there. It was almost midnight when he arrived at the bridge, and there was not a single person around. It was dark and deathly quiet. The atmosphere was so spooky and ominous that it sent a chill down Kenzo's spine. Wow, this place is creepy, he muttered to himself as he cautiously walked to the edge of the gorge and peered down into its depths. He began thinking about all of the people who had thrown themselves down into the inky blackness. The thought of it made his hair stand on end. It was so fascinating that he compelled to tell his friend. He felt compelled to tell him. Tasua would really want to know about this. So he pulled out his cell phone to call Tasua. However, since he was high up in the mountains, he could not get any reception. Looking around, Kenzo noticed a solitary phone booth standing nearby. He went inside, put some coins in the slot, and dialed Tasua's number. Hello? Tasua, guess where I am right now, he said. I'm at the suspension bridge you told me about. The view is amazing. You've got to come up here and see it sometime. Yeah, I'd like that, replied Tasua. I saw all the pictures on the website. Wait a second. What number are you calling me from? Kenzo laughed. <laughs> I couldn't get any reception on my mobile, so I'm calling from the, t- the payphone up here. His friend was confused. Payphone? There's no payphone up there. I would have seen it in the pictures. <laughs> what are you talking about, said Kenzo. I'm standing in the phone booth right at the entrance to the bridge. Hold on, I'd better go. There's a line of people outside waiting to use the phone. 
I'll call you when I get back home. As soon as he said this, Tashua shouted from the other end, No! Kenzo! Don't go out of the phone booth! I know that place. I'll be there in 30 minutes. Whatever you do, do not move. What's wrong? asked Kenzo, fear creeping up into his spine. Just promise me you'll stay where you are, said Tasua. Don't move an inch, okay? And don't hang up the phone. I'm coming. When his friend hung up, Kenzo felt a wave of fear envelop him. He stood in the phone booth and kept the phone receiver pressed to his ear. Looking over his shoulder, he saw a line of people standing outside the phone booth, silently watching him. The look in their eyes sent a shiver down his spine. Half an hour later, when Tasua arrived at the suspension bridge, he found his friend standing at the very edge of the gorge. He was holding his cell phone against his ear. There was no phone booth and no line of people waiting to use the phone. If Kenzo had moved an inch, he would have fallen off the edge and plunged to his death. creepy story perhaps that is what is luring people off the edge of that cliff the ghost of a phone booth a phone booth of death (laughs) and that rounds it up for 2022 thank you so, so much for tuning in this past year and I look forward to a new year of episodes of ghostly tales and creepy shenanigans and even some gruesome discoveries So, until then, be sure to have a safe New Year's Eve. Be very careful out there. There's all kinds of crazies about running around in the dark. But do have a safe and happy New Year with all of your loved ones. Enjoy your fireplace. Stay warm. Keep those doors and windows locked. But, by all means... Have a happy haunting.